Hi, welcome to today's episode of Choice Words. My name is Ray, book-infested blogger and local cryptid. And my name's Gracie, your local pigeon and published poet. And today we're talking about who's driving character versus plot-driven stories. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, So just kind of out of the gates, let's talk a little bit about... Um, Do you prefer books that are driven by plot or driven by characters? Yeah, so I tend to be very character focused in my, like, what I like to read and also in how I write. Um, (laughs) That's one of my big struggles with fiction and I think probably a big proponent of why I switched over to poetry is because I just want to talk about how you feel. (laughs) How does the character feel? I don't care about the plot. I want to know how it makes them feel. (laughs) What about you? Um, I feel like when you have a character-driven plot, or, or, like, a character-driven story, it'll drive the plot on its own. I feel like sometimes if an author tries to force a plot too much, um, it ends up, you have these, like, stick figures that you move along in your story just for the sake of the plot. So I feel like having a character-driven story will automatically create a plot. Um, and so... Let's kind of talk a little bit about, like, some of the examples of the stories that we talk about. So, like, one of the things um, with stories where you have just, like, the plot and that's all. Um, being a super nerd myself, playing D&D and stuff. Like, you see a lot of that in problems with D&D where um, DMs or GMs will just kind of try to force... Um, a story along. There is a cat. Do you want to just take studio. a break? <laughs> there is a cat in the studio, folks. It's fine. What I was going to say before the cat interrupted is I was going to interrupt you. <laughs> I was going to say we are huge proponents of the idea that D and D and other RPGs are um, works of fiction. They are storytelling collaborative projects. So mm-hmm. for anyone who's jumping on to be like, that's not a book. Shut up. <laughs> It is, and you make it with your friends. (laughs) Shut up. You're a writer now. And there are actually so many instances where people have been inspired to write novels based on the games that they've played because of the characters that, so there are, I I think us included, we've both written, not novels, but short stories based off of characters that we've played. Oh, and you're working on a novel that, Mm -hmm. while it kind of was a both and, started as a novel, ended up a D&D character, and is now back to being a novel. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely got revamped because of how it was played. Um... But yeah, so I definitely feel like anytime in like D&D, you can definitely look at, you know, like RPG horror stories and that sort of thing where um, DMs and GMs will just try to force a plot and you lose really great character moments. You lose really great maybe alternative plot moments that would have been character driven um, just because you're trying to kind of force a story. Um, so you see great examples of that. There are also examples, um, on the other side where you have like really good character driven ideas. Um, one of the books we'll be talking about eventually is Howl's Moving Castle. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things in that are driven by what the characters want, what the characters want to get. Um, and how they feel. And how they feel. (laughs) Um, you know, one of the great stories of fantasy time is lord of the rings you have (laughs) we'll get there (laughs) listen i'll say it right now i love the story of lord of the rings and i will leave it at that for now (laughs) 
regardless, you can't deny that it's been like a huge. Oh, part absolutely. Of, yes, it has been like, a huge cultural like mm-hmm. moment yeah. of literature. And you know, in that story, there are both, and there are things about the plot itself mm-hmm. that are forced. But then there are also things that happen because of the characters' desires and how the characters choose to progress. Um, do you want to give any examples? Yeah, two examples I can think of. One that is plot-heavy and one that's... Uh, well, I guess we'll just start with that one. So a plot-heavy, I guess, series that's pretty well-known. Um, similar, actually, that you brought up, uh, Lord of the Rings, would be the Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. I think that a lot of those characters, while they are beloved, I think when you look at them, they're pretty flat, one-sided characters. Mm-hmm. There's some room to be said for like characters that are more interesting, that have more growth, but overall, they kind of the purpose is more the plot. The purpose is more the grand story of getting from point A to point B through through the story of Narnia. Um, but on the reverse, um, I, you know, a one that is frequently referenced but is still one of my favorite books is Catcher in the Rye. Mm-hmm. Trying to explain the plot of that book to anyone is pointless because nothing happens. I mean, things <laughs> happen, but, like, no- nothing happens. A boy gets kicked out of school and then tr- doesn't go- goes home, but then doesn't go home, but then goes home again. What? what Mm -hmm. um but the beauty of catcher in the rye and why i one of the reasons i love it even though you know as i said i do tend to prefer character driven stories versus plot driven stories um is because the plot does not distract because there isn't one the plot does not (laughs) the plot does not distract from the character development that you see in the main character in holden caulfield um so because there is no plot to distract from that character development, it really truly just does let the deep, intense emotional change and the emotional um, development that you see shine through of that character. Versus in Narnia, the character or um, the emotional engagement is coming through the story, through the glory of the battle versus through individual character growth. There's some, you know, like we see a lot of um, examples of like Lucy meeting Aslan and how that is, you know, very emotionally significant for her, but... The emotional significance of the betrayal of... Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. There are, you know, many throughout all seven of the books. Um, there are those moments. There are There is still character development. There is still character growth, but the main, um, the main emotional driving force is the plot itself and mm-hmm. this, like, land of Narnia and the things happening in it. So one of the things that, um, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but, um, you know, for my own perspective, and Gracie, you can jump in and kind of say whether you agree or disagree with this, um, a plot-driven story is essentially that the author or creator has come up with this grand overarching story or even just like a short story, and it, the characters don't matter so much. The characters are mostly there to fill out the plot itself. Whereas a character-driven story is you throw some characters into a setting and the plot can often develop just from their conflict of interests or their own personal goals. Um, I just finished reading Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, and I'm so sorry, Bardugo, if I said your name wrong. Um, but um, while there are plot points in that story, a lot of how those points are gotten to are because of how the characters react so the characters do make the story even though there are plot driven elements of it so you can have a mix of both but largely you you normally do see that it's largely one way or the other yeah i agree i think that um this idea that plots are either 
um, driven by characters and the reaction that people are having around them in the story versus the story is driven by the plot and how the characters are reacting to it. I think there is, and you see a lot of both. There's there's times where both are used very tactfully and very well in stories, and then there's times where um, it's just plot heavy, and then there are times where, as John Green said, and as I have said frequently about my own writing, two characters sit in a room and talk, and sometimes they go outside. And I think that there's value in all of those stories. It's just a matter of one, preference, and two, making sure that you pick the right type of story telling for your story and what's going to work for both your audience and the story that you're trying to get across yeah um kind of touching on the idea of what is the purpose of the story you know what is the end goal are you trying to write an allegory where you know the characters are set you know not stereotypes but set types for the tale that you're trying to tell the Mm -hmm. moral that you're trying to get across and so you know the characters are almost paper cutouts or um you know, are you trying to do something more of like, oh, this character is really interesting. I wonder what would happen if I pitted them against this other character Absolutely. or what would happen if they met, you know, the, these other characters. So there are a lot of different um, concepts in the way of like how to deal with that. Um, so primarily a lot of times plots will advance because of two main reasons random things will happen that force a character into different situations outside of their control which thus advance the plot or the characters make decisions that advance the plot what are the positives and negatives of each do you think yeah i think that there are positive and negatives both as you said um i think with uh a character chooses things that move the plot forward type story you have a lot more agency with your main character and so you are able especially if you're telling from a first person perspective you are able to tell a story that is more um engaging as far as like your character is making these choices and here is the exact results of them versus if you are doing a more plot driven where your character is reacting to things happening in the world around them you you are able to um have a lot more availability of just like you can drop anything on your character you can just a uh, boom a dragon shows up i don't know maybe you're writing a fantasy i don't know <laughs> or maybe you're not and your or maybe you're not to deal with that <laughs> and, and the dragon shows up and what are you gonna do now um you know you're able to to have more you know when you're working with character makes the decisions and that drives the plot you you kind of are limited to would your character make this choice would this be a natural decision for your character to make and if it's not how are you going to explain that to your readers is this your character turning away from something they would normally do is this a a rash decision your character is making versus a um a something in the world happening to your character you can kind of just drop it on them and see how they react and um with that you get to explore a lot more of how your character works under pressure and how the story develops because of that Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely agree with that and i think um i think a lot of good stories are a good mix of both while i said before that you know um you find primarily that it's one or the other i think a really good story has a mix of both Mm -hmm. um so you can have these plot points the the struggle with a plot with a plot driven story is that you do run the risk of basically just putting cardboard cutouts for characters into a story to facilitate it moving along which can still be done effectively as we see in narnia um you know and 
you you do see that some of the characters are a little bit two-dimensional in ways but it's still a really good story um a lot of kids stories the characters are very two-dimensional or are defined by like one huge characteristic and it's still a really good story because it's exciting um and you have all of these crazy things that are happening to these characters that they have to somehow navigate and so that can be really exciting if you're doing like a high fantasy setting you know we talked about um you know howl's moving castle there are still like other plot points in there and these characters are largely defined by um you know really distinctive characteristics it's still a very character driven story but you can still see those elements of plot that are pushed into the story and we'll go into that more in our howl's moving castle episode which you should stay tuned for (laughs) coming out i assume (laughs) soon um because i don't know (laughs) either 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 it already came out or it will be coming out soon But in regards to character-driven stories, I do feel like you do have a little bit of a wide... And this is me personally as a writer and a reader. I do feel like you have a little bit of a wider breadth of scenarios that can happen. Um, So even if you have, like, a random plot point just, like, dropped into the story, um, if you have a character-driven... A primarily character-driven story, how that character chooses to react to that situation um, can really make or break and build really interesting character development moments and you potentially get new plot points that come out that you wouldn't have otherwise had um so that's one of the struggles with a plot driven story is that you can lose out a lot on those really great character development moments on the other side when you have a primarily character driven story with really no plot points you can still have um, things that develop because of the characters kind of warring interests or maybe different morals of how they would go about getting the same end um, but if you don't have something kind of pushing them along you can cause some flatlining of the story it can become kind of dull for a lot of readers if they're not there just to see the characters develop Absolutely. I think it ties into kind of, I mean, the title of this episode, Who's in the Driver's Seat? I think um, what you're looking for is, uh, what's the road trip experience you're looking for? <laughs> do you want the plot to be driving? Do you do you care more about big action sequences or big surprise twists that your character reacts to? Um, or are you looking for something that's more, I don't want to say more emotionally fulfilling because you can have that in in a plot driven story but one that is more emotion heavy and tends to focus on this one specific character and how they're interacting with the world it's two different experiences both have value both can be done horribly Mm -hmm. um but it's just kind of up to you both as the reader and the writer again to choose choose your own adventure Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will yeah and so and both Let me just throw this out here. Both sides can be done really, really well if you have a writer who really knows that element and knows how to craft it well. And um, you can kind of, you know, again, I'll use the metaphor of a road trip. You can switch drivers halfway through. You can you can have your uh, you can have your plot take the passenger seat while your character takes over for some time and does some real emotional digging. Um, And you can go the other way around. You can spend a lot of time with plot heavy stories. Um, and then have your character really step up and get some deep emotional depth. You can mm-hmm. play around with both. Yeah. And in light of those, let's kind of talk a little bit about how you can have these things overlap. 
to make a good story. You kind of touched on that a little bit, but let's dig into that a little bit more of how you can have, you know, plot and character-driven stories kind of overlap to make a good story. And what maybe might be some of the pitfalls that you can find along the way? I think one important thing to look at, if you want to have a predominantly plot-driven story, but you still want to have characters that are highly engaging and highly relatable, is to make sure that you're not doing that thing we talked about earlier, which is having those paper cardboard cutouts. Paper cardboard cutouts? (laughs) Close enough. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not having those cardboard cutout characters who just fit a stereotype, who are just kind of placeholders in your plot. I think an important thing to do is have characters that do have emotional depth, which again is something we'll be talking about on this podcast soon in a different episode. Um, but I think that's a very important part of creating engaging characters is um, having your characters be engaging. That's such a dumb way to do it. <laughs> No, but I get I get off into nothing. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think one of the things to consider is regardless, you're going to want to have people that you care about. Um in the story. Yeah, that you, you know, as the author care about. Yeah, especially. that you as the author and you as the reader, you know, mm-hmm. would care about, um, you know, recognizing that an author is still a reader. Um, and so looking at it from the perspective of a reader, is the story something that you would want to read? Yeah. You know, are these characters someone that you care about following? You know, um, like in Narnia, it is extremely plot heavy, but we still care about these characters. Right. Partially because they're children. Right. But partially because, you know, on some level, they're still human. They're still relatable. Yeah. Um, and so just following that, still having characters that you care about, you know, even if the story is plot heavy, knowing that there has to be a reason for us to stick around. Yeah. I think one good barometer for measuring whether or not you're doing this correctly is taking a look at your story. And if your story could be written without said character in it, your character's not important enough to be in the story. And whether that means that you need to rebuild that character so they are important and so they do bring something to the story, or if that means you write out that character, if it was a side character or a supporting character role. Mm -hmm. Um, But if your character could either A, not be in it entirely, or if their death doesn't mean anything to the story, then you're not creating a character that has enough emotional pull that it's going to really matter to your reader. And again, if you are doing something that is just specifically for the plot... There can be some value in that, but I really do think that you should be writing all of your characters, even your side characters, to be connected with. They're they're people. They're supposed to... Well, or maybe they're not. I guess I don't know. The, 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 they're characters in your story that, yeah. that you and your reader are going to and should care about at mm-hmm. some level. They should feel like real people Correct. on some level. Yes. And, and honestly making an overlap because you know we've talked a lot about you know you have to put characters that you care about into a plot driven story on the other side of it if you have a primarily character driven story you still have to have plot elements in there because otherwise you're going to hit a point yes i'm looking at you making a weird face gracie and this is a call out (laughs) this is why i don't write fiction anymore outside of D. &D. (laughs) but you there are things that have to happen to these characters to kind of push the story along because otherwise you do just have, you know, two people go into a room and have a deep emotional conversation conversation and then nothing happens. And like (laughs) some people do want to read that, but you can't have an entire novel of that. You know? Um, So one of the things talking about, you know, having plot points that still are in a character driven story. 
um, you might look at the story of Hills Like White Elephants by Ernest Hemingway. It's a short story where you have these characters that are talking and a lot of what they say is really indirect. You don't get a lot mm-hmm. of straightforward plot points, but there's still always that there's this huge lurking plot point in the background that we never get to see as readers. The elephant in the room. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Shut up, Gracie. <laughs> But there is this huge lurking plot point that's kind of off screen, so to speak. It's off page, but it still has an effect on the story. So that's something to also kind of look at um, when you have these character driven stories. There has to be something that is ultimately pushing them forward. Yes, there has to be a reason that you're telling this story about this character. And it can't just be they have emotional connection to you because you wrote about them one time. (laughs) Yeah. It it has to matter to the reader as much as it matters to you. Um, So let's let's kind of take a look at, um, we talked about mixing them. Do you think a story should be solely one one way or the other, plot-driven or character-driven? Or do you think that it's better to have a mixer of both? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I, I, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know how I feel 100%. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, I tend to like when one, it, I tend to prefer stories that are either one or the other. I do like a mixture of both. I think it, I think it again comes down to what kind of story is being told. Because there are stories that I've read that had they been written, you know, like if it, if it was a plot-driven story and I tried to imagine it as an emotionally driven or a character-driven story, it wouldn't have worked. There are just things about that story that wouldn't have made sense. Um, and there are even times, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, maybe we'll do another episode about this if I can, um, where there were certain scenes that I felt were too, too one-sided and I could have used, you know, a, a scene where... I would have wanted to know more about how this character felt or what this character's decisions were looked like inside of this scene that was so plot forward, um, and vice versa. Times where there would it would have been nice for there to be a little bit more of like, you know, the plot is the background character that I maybe needed to know a little bit more about mm-hmm. that maybe didn't have enough of a fully fleshed out characteristic for me to really grab onto a certain story, um, but. I think it, again, is up to what kind of story you're trying to tell. What are your thoughts, though? What do you tend to prefer? Yeah, I definitely prefer stories that seem to have a mix of both. Um, I think because if it gets too plot-driven, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm just getting hammered with, you know, the metaphorical railroad. I, But if it goes too far where it's like just two characters sitting in a room talking... Um, I have a tendency to sit here and be like, okay, what's the point? Why are they having this conversation? Why does this matter? It's so funny because there's um, this movie uh, trilogy that that literally is the entire, all three of the movies are just these two characters talking in different locations. Some of the best movie I've ever seen in my life. You would probably hate them. <laughs> Do I get to know what it's called? I can't remember. <laughs> Gosh dang it, Gracie. <laughs> they're all different. There's I don't know if there's a name for like the trilogy, but they're all like, a before sunset, after sunrise. Like, they all have to do with the sun. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head. Okay. But they're all romances, too. So, again, well, you would well hate then, them. definitely <laughs> I would hate them. Fun fact for our listeners, I hate romance. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. We got so sidetracked. I'm sorry. It's totally fine. Um, but I usually like stories that kind of have a mix of both. 
I think I do like characters that lean or stories that lean more towards character driven stories, mostly because I feel like characters create a lot of the plot points Mm -hmm. that make a story interesting. Um, And again, the story can kind of evolve based on how characters choose to react to plot points. Um, But I do feel like any good, not trying to like be that person, but I feel like any good story has a decent mix of both. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) No, I think it's true. I think you have to, you have to find a good balance of having a plot period and Mm -hmm. having good characters period. (laughs) Yeah. Because if if you're lacking one or the other, it's going to become really, really obvious. Yes. After a while. And if you spend 45 pages talking about a single tree, your readership might get tired. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So do you think that situations can force characters to react in unexpected ways? when it comes to stories that are you're adding plot elements to a story that's otherwise primarily character driven absolutely i think the same is true in real life and so because it's true in real life i think it has to be true for your character to feel realistic is that like you're not always going to react the same way like i'm not going to react to something the same way you will you know again like we just said you hate romance movies i don't (laughs) So if someone presented us with like, hey, here's this great movie. And you were like, is it a rom-com? Because then I'm out. <laughs> and I'm like, 10 out of 10, I'm in. Let me have it. <laughs> you know, like, they're, that's what makes us different. That's what makes mm-hmm. makes our characters in this story we call life. What? <laughs> that's what makes us different. <laughs> we're not the same person, as similar as we are. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you can have all of these similarities um, to a character and still be surprised by how they interact with when presented with something especially i think that is such um a good place where character development can happen is where Mm. your character interacts with something in a way that shocks you potentially Mm -hmm. and shocks your reader and maybe even if you want to get like meta about it shocks your character in a way that they didn't expect um i think that's a great place to have those like turning points for your character where where they learn something new they develop further as a character um, I think those moments are really important. Yeah. And I would argue that if by the end of your story your character isn't changed in some way, you may want to rethink your plot a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, um, again, the purpose of your story. The purpose of your story. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of really great stories, the characters end up changing, even if it's a small amount or or even if it's like only internally and right. nothing externally changes. Right. And um, we should add, this is predominantly what we're talking about when we say characters in this connotation is main characters. You can have side mm-hmm. characters who don't change. You can even have a villain who doesn't change. Not all of your characters need to necessarily change. I think it's more interesting when they mm-hmm. do, especially if they're interacting with your main character a lot. But in this case, when we are talking about characters, we're predominantly talking about your main set of characters. Yeah. Um just felt like I had to. No, that's perfectly <laughs> fine. On the other side of that question, um, let's take a look at maybe talking about can characters alter what an author or creator had initially planned for a story? Ooh. So do characters change the plot yeah. is more or less what I'm asking. Yeah. Not to talk about D&D on this writer's <laughs> podcast, but here we go. Please I'm talk thinking. about D&D, Gracie. <laughs> but I think that, that that is absolutely the case, and I think that that's true of, you know, D&D, which again, as I stated before, is a collaborative 
book creating, you are creating a work of fiction together with your party and with your DM or your GM, depending on the role-playing game. Um, I think that that's absolutely true. And I know that it's true because I've watched it happen in real time while playing where either I made a decision or one of my party members made a decision that threw my DM for a loop. And they just went, all right. I need five minutes to figure out what the rest of this episode, or episode, what the rest of this session is going to be. I will be back. <laughs> or they have to just work on their feet to completely, you know, make up a character, make up a bar, make up something to be like, you know, here's what happens now because I was trying to lead you down this path and instead you, you know, cut that way. And I think in, in personal fiction writing, allowing char- your space for the characters you've made up to do the same is really interesting because obviously like you're not playing with other people it's not a collaborative work so that all comes from within your own brain um but allowing your character to make a completely different choice that um maybe you didn't have set for them and i think as as weird as this when when authors talk about building characters that then exist outside of exist quote unquote outside of their own head I think it's really interesting to be like, oh, well, I, I didn't know my character that I made up was going to make that choice, but then they did. But it's true, you know, and, and as you're growing and developing characters and as you are writing more and more, that is how it should feel. Is that like you no longer, while you are the author, you no longer have 100% agency over this character because if you take a character and force them to fit your plot, but they are a fully developed enough character that your reader's going to know, oh, that's not that doesn't seem right, Mm -hmm. then either you're going to have to explain that somewhere down the line of like, well, here's, here's the thing, here's that, you know, piece of information the reader didn't have yet that made that character change that direction, or it's just going to fall flat completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and definitely, you know, on the writer side of this, I've definitely had stories that I started with the intention of one thing and then the character reacted in a way that I wasn't expecting. And while we still got back to the initial plot point, quote unquote, um, of where I wanted that story to go, I say quote unquote plot point because it's just when I write, it's more stream of consciousness, but whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, when you start writing and you're like, yeah, yeah, I think this is where the story's going to go. Um, you know, while you can still navigate it back to that initial story um, or that get it, you know, kind of get it back on tracks, uh, on track, excuse me, um, you still can have those really interesting offshoot avenues Absolutely. of where a character takes things. And it does. A side quest, if you will. Uh, yeah, a side quest. <laughs> and it does definitely alter the outcome, even if the plot points are the same, the way that you get there mm-hmm. can be very, very different. And I think even just in that respect, that is still changing. Um, the plans of the author that is still altering the plot even though the points are the same the avenue in which you got there is very different um one of my favorite trips that i take every year with my family usually every year with my family um is we go up um into michigan and i'm not going to say where but we go up into michigan and we always choose to go through a certain path because the landscape is so beautiful and you know seeing going through the way that we choose to go through is just absolutely stunning if we chose to go the other way it would be a lot of city driving it would be a lot of you know going through the concrete jungle more to you know to say more um kind of looking at that it's a little bit of 
um, kind of the same thing. The we still would have wound up in the same place, but it's looking and going. Okay, what what is it that we? What's the journey we want to take to get there? Um, you know, um, there's a couple that they were making a story called A Lunatic's Tale. It's a comic series, graphic novel series. Um, and one of the examples that the creator, Rebecca, um, was talking about when she was talking about initially coming up with a story is figuring out the last thing that you want to have happen in the book. And I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but this can't... And I've never once done that. <laughs> right, but but <laughs> I think... Her... may say more about me yeah. than about the but technique. I, but I think her point was still really valid yeah. to say, um, you know, what is, what is the last thing that you want to have happen in the story? Because now that you have that last thing, you can figure out how you want to get there. Absolutely. Um, and so one of the things that she talked about is like, okay, so let's say um that you want to have a character fly okay what does that look like are they going to sprout wings are they going to get a jetpack are they going to hop on a plane it's all very different avenues to reach the same end goal and in that way i think having a character adjust what the author initially intended you yeah. can still have the same outcome but how that outcome looks can be very very different yeah absolutely so that's all the questions that i have written down is there anything you'd like to add gracie uh I don't think so. <laughs> All right. <And> that concludes. <laughs> so this concludes our uh, Who's Driving episode. Definitely um, follow us on Twitter at Choice Words Pod. Facebook, I think also Choice Words Pod. I think we're Choice Words Pod everywhere. <laughs> everywhere that we have a social media. Do we have an Instagram? We do not have an Instagram. We do not have an Instagram. <laughs> I didn't think so, but I couldn't remember. We have a Twitter and a Facebook. I believe they are both Choice Words Pod um yeah we'd love to see you we'd love to engage ask feel free to like submit questions you want us to talk about or tell us about what you're reading and how it fits into today's topic we would love to hear from you or just tell us about what you're reading I'm oh a yeah huge book nerd that's true <laughs> i just want to know I lo- i'm just I nosy <laughs> yeah we're both just really really nosy so just tell tell us about do you have cats we want to see oh, your cat send pictures. A picture of your cats <laughs> Or your dog, or your rats, or honestly, whatever you have. I want a picture of it. You got a frog? Send me a picture. I love frogs. Me too. (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Choice Words. If you want to check out any of the literature we discussed in this episode, here's the list of what we mentioned. Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones. The Lord of the Rings Trilogy by J.R.R. Tolkien. The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. The Catcher in the Rye by S.D. Salinger. Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Hills Like White Elephants by Ernest Hemingway. A Lunatic's Tale by Rick Fortner and Rebecca Berg. We also mentioned the movie trilogy, The Before Trilogy. If you're interested in getting these books for yourself, try checking with your local library or an independent bookseller near you. If you're in the St. Paul, Minnesota area, we suggest checking out Subtext, a bookstore located in downtown St. Paul. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking to you soon.